It was interesting to hear some of the things that came up in the songs, in the in the worship service, in, in Dave's song, and what Pastor Don and Jan were sharing. And strangely, one of the things that stood out to me when, when Pastor said, let's not wait regarding the, the new year and, and celebrating. Uh, what the Lord put on my heart to share with you today is it's in connection with that. It's, a, it's about our purpose. Um, Matt, would you put up that first verse, for, please? It's Exodus 9.16. Look at this. For this purpose I've raised you up, that I, that I may show my power in you, that my name may be declared in all the earth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this privilege, this opportunity to come together, to look to your word, to look to you, to listen to you, Father. We want to hear. Open our eyes to see, to see more clearly, that we'd represent you well, that you'd be glorified in all we do, in all we say, in who we are, that you'd be seen. We praise you for it. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All in favor? All opposed? Probably shouldn't have said that. I want to give you a brief overview of what I'm going to share on, and then, and then I'll go through it with more specifics. About when God was sent, God sent, that's a big difference, when God sent Moses to Pharaoh in Egypt about releasing his people. And Moses says, who am I that they'd listen to me? He wasn't their grand leader at this point. But God sent this man to release his people. It says in Exodus 3, 3, 7, the reason, God said to Moses, I've seen the oppression of my people. When you hear Israel, think of the church, think of God's people. It's not just about this little place on the globe. I've seen the oppression of my people. In 3.10, he says, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out, to bring them out of this oppression. And he goes on to say, this will be a sign when you brought them out. You'll serve, you'll worship on this mountain. And here's the heavy part. It's kind of funny. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> God says to Moses, I'm pretty sure he's going to say no. <laughs> I'm sending you to do this huge thing regarding millions of people. You're going to be facing an enormous, powerful leader, and he's going to say no. It's in Exodus 3.18. And then he says, I'll show my might on them. I'll strike them with my wonders. The Egyptians will see favor on Israel. You will not leave empty-handed. It even says, he'll drive you out. He'll drive you out with his powerful hand, and you will not leave empty-handed. God said what he's sending Moses to do. He said what's going to happen. He said, this is how you're going to know when it's done. This is going to be the evidence. It wasn't a wait and see. He said, this is going to be the result. And there's going to be evidence. When God says something like that, we need to know the little steps along the way really aren't that important because he told us what's going to happen. He told us 
how it's going to be. So that's, that's the overview, and that's what I'm talking about. And I know most of you, maybe all of you, know the story pretty well in how he drives them out. It's because of all those plagues and all those miserable things. So in Exodus 5.2, this is Moses. This is go time. This is Mo time. Moses goes to Pharaoh. He said, the God of Israel says, let my people go three days into the wilderness that they may worship me to worship and to sacrifice. He's saying the God of Israel because Pharaoh, Egypt, they had all their own gods. They didn't recognize and follow the God of Israel. This is, this is so significant. Pharaoh says, who is the Lord that I should listen to him? He's saying that's, that's not one of my gods. That's not who we listen to. Who is the Lord that we should listen to him? We see that today. We see that in this country. We see that in the world. Who's the Lord that we should listen to him? I don't remember which country. I was just reading the day before yesterday that another country is considering banning the Bible as hate speech. Who is the Lord that we should listen to him? It's not just a verse in the Old Testament. It's a perspective. It's a mentality. It's something we face. It's something we deal with. He goes on to say, I don't know him. Neither will I let Israel go. He says, you're not going anywhere. Moses even goes on to say, please, he says, please, let us sacrifice or there will be pestilence and the sword. There's going to be problems. There's going to be some awful things and there's going to be judgment. Please let us go. What more can Moses do? They're not going to arm wrestle or flip a coin for it. That's, that's what it comes down. He, he pleads with them. Pharaoh says, I'm not going to let him go. He said, the people are now, the people now are many. He says, there's just too many. We can't let them go. He says, you've already let them rest from their work just to, just to have this conversation. Get them back to work. And so what, what, the, what Moses does, he goes back and he talks to God about it. And he says, God, you blew it. What are you doing? They're troubling, they're troubling this people. He didn't say my people. He said, God, this, this is your mess. You've made this thing. Now they're troubling us. They're going to give us less materials to do our work, and they're raising our quota, so we've got to do more work with less materials. Moses is just stumped. God, you said you were going to do this thing, and you didn't do it. Moses thinks he's at, thinks he's at the end of the game. When I look at this, I, I couldn't help but think about something I dealt with I enjoyed years ago. Uh, Jackie Stockwell's brother, Jeff. Jeff and I worked together. We worked together for a long time. And there was something we ran into frequently. When we were doing the, the drywall and taping, one of us puts the tape on, the other one comes along, does the next step of the process. And at one particular time, Jeff is putting the tape on, I'm following along go through this, this big bedroom, he steps out, I step in to do the next step, and he missed the closet. He did the room, he forgot to go in the closet and do that part. And I, and I yelled to him, Jeff, you missed the closet. And it was like he was expecting it, it was like he was prepared for it. As soon as I finished saying that, he yelled back at me, have you seen my taillights? <laughs> and, and I'm looking at him, he says, if I haven't left yet, I didn't miss it. <laughs> Okay, I get the picture. We enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun. And we shared that back and forth. If he yelled that I missed something, I'd look out the window. Dave's truck is still here. Dave didn't miss it. 
Dave doesn't refer to Dave in the third person all the time, by the way. But this is what God says to Moses. Have you seen my taillights? Is this thing over? Are we done? In Exodus 6.1, he says, you'll see what I do to Pharaoh. Think about that. This is God talking to Moses about Pharaoh regarding all the people. And he says, you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. He didn't mention Israel or Egypt. He's revealing something about himself. He's showing something about himself. And this, this is a lot, this whole conversation and what God is proposing I think is a lot bigger deal than we realized. Egypt is an estimated three to four million people. That's not counting Israel. Israel, an estimated 600,000 or almost 600,000 men, which by that standard means about two and a half million people, counting the women and children. So we're looking at six or seven million people that are being dealt with here. Israel is almost half of it, and that's why, that's why Pharaoh says, I'm not gonna let half our people go. And it wasn't about a spiritual issue. He, his interest as a leader was about their power, about their production, about world dominance. That's what his focus was. He wasn't a leader of God's people. He was a leader of people. It's, a, it's, it's quite a thing. This is the difference between uh, society and spirituality. It's the difference between work and worship. What is our mindset? Are we gonna look at things like Pharaoh? Are we gonna look at things the way Moses does? What, what are we influenced by? God said, again in Exodus, he said, you'll see what I do to Pharaoh. And he says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew me as almighty. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob knew the magnificent, huge things I could do, but they didn't know me as Yahweh. They didn't know me as Jehovah. He's not criticizing them. He's saying, I'm showing you something more personal. You can know me more personally. You can know me better. You can get to know how I am and how I do things. You don't have to look for the taillights. You can know when I say I'm gonna do something and it looks like it's impossible, that doesn't matter. God has never seen a miracle. He just does what he does. He's just being God. It's that simple for him. We look at what's been done before, that hasn't been done before, so that can't happen. It looks impossible. God is saying, this is personal. God is saying, I want you to know me better. I want you to, I wanna show you more of who I am. Earlier on when he was convincing Moses to go do this, that is when, you've all heard the verse, that is when God said, I am the I am. Everything I ever was, I still am. Everything I'm ever gonna be, I already am. He's the God that changes not. He's all of that. If he got them through this, are we gonna worry about a pandemic? We should be wise, we should be careful. Don't disregard everything. But why would we worry when God has given us his word and he's given us his promises?
He wants us to see him more closely. Amen. The Yahweh, the Jehovah thing, he wants us to know him more personally. Matt, would you please put up uh, Exodus 9, 13, 14? God said to Moses, rise early in the morning. That's initiative. We need to jump on it. God says to do something, do it. Stand before Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go. Is there another verse, Matt, or is that, was that? Okay. Yeah. That they may serve me. For at this time I'll send all my plagues to your very heart. Look at that word. I'll send my plagues to your very heart. It's not just about the land. It's not just about the, the, the physical things. And on your servants and on your people. Your very heart, your servants, your people, you're responsible. He's not saying your land, your military, your production. It's about the people, the heart of the people, that you may know there is none like me in all the earth. His response earlier on was, who is the Lord that I should listen to him? There it is. That you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. He's saying, this is who the Lord is. This is who I am. He's going to show them. And it's about the heart. And he doesn't say that Egypt will know. He's making it personal. He talks to us personally. Something I learned a long time ago in, in sales was this great profound question. So what? What does it mean? What's the difference? Why, why is that important? When you read the Word, when you read the Old Testament, when you read these stories, it's good to ask yourself, so what? What does that mean to me? This is what he said to this guy to tell this guy about what he's going to do to this people. The I am still is all that he was. The so what is this is what he's saying to us. This is who he is. This is how he is. He wants us to know more personally, more closely. He wants us to understand better how he views us in that verse. He's saying, I've raised you up that you may know, you may know that I'd be seen, that my name would be declared. And do you know who he's saying that to? He's saying it to Pharaoh. He's saying it to the enemy. He's telling the enemy, I've raised you up he says it to Moses earlier on, but even to the enemy. I've raised you up with a purpose. I'm doing something. We need to see what God is doing. We, mean, we need to be about his purposes. Uh, Matt 10, 1 and 2. The purpose. The Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him. And that <laughs> you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things I've done in Egypt and my signs which I've done among them that you may know that I am the Lord. He's saying, I'm doing these things so you can see them, so you can know them. And you need to tell your son. And you need to tell your son's son. That verse we started with, I've raised you up with a purpose. 
He didn't just say it to Moses. He didn't just say it to Pharaoh. He said it to Barney and to Scott, and that's all. The rest of you are exempt. <laughs> no, he, he's saying it to every one of us. We have a purpose, and most of it is, is right there, to know him better, to know him more personally, to understand what he does, to tell it to our son and our son's son. For me, it's those two guys in the back corner there. To, to say it to Brandon, to say it to Emery. It doesn't say tell your son to tell his son. Tell our grandchildren. We need to testify because we see these things. We know them to be true. They are the facts. Pharaoh doubted and God said, okay, let's, let's take a look at what I can do. That's your purpose. Here's the sad thing. That's your purpose. God even spoke to Pharaoh who was standing in the way and speaking against him and saying, who is this Lord? And he wasn't really wondering who. He was saying, why would I listen to him? You have a purpose and the enemy unfortunately, is after your purpose. That's what the enemy is after. Um, remember 9-11? You do. <laughs> Dumb question. 9-11, they weren't after our land. They weren't after those buildings they took down. They didn't try to invade and take over just to have more space for themselves. It was about purpose. It was about perspective. They wanted us to see things the way they see things. They hate us because of the way we see things. It's about purpose. The enemy is after our purpose. We need to know our purpose. We need to understand our purpose. And it needs to be God's purpose for us. And as long as it is, he knows the ways they will be established and succeed. I know the plans I have for you plans for hope and a future. He gives us so many promises. He tells us our purposes, and they will succeed. Egypt, Israel, this little portion inside there, large portion inside there, they had been there for 400 years, approximately, a little bit more than 400 years, but they still knew they were Israel. They didn't see themselves as Egypt. That's what we need to do. We need to know, first of all, we are still Israel. We are not Egypt. We are God's children. Our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, we're in America and we're citizens, and I feel a great deal of loyalty to that, but I'm, I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. That's where our citizenship is. That's who we are. We have to... We have to disregard some of the things that the world tries to put on us. And when the world tries to tell Israel, you're Egypt, you're, you're among us, you're of us. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are, we are God's children. We have a purpose. And our purpose is to know him better and to present that. We aren't Egypt. Uh, Matt, would you put up 11.7, please. Exodus 11.7. I love this. Against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. In my translation, it says he makes a distinction. God's people, there's a distinction. There's something seen in them. There's, there's something different. There's... They are set apart. Um, 
I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but about the ten plagues. But I want to I want to try to buzz through them kind of briefly, just as a to show the significance of them. The ten plagues. It wasn't. It wasn't. I'm going to crumble your Pringles. You're going to open the can, and it's going to be dust. You're going to get home, and the internet's out, and you can't go online and tell all your friends and complain about it. This is significant things. He turned the Nile to blood. The first one. The Nile was their life source. They were, they were there because of the Nile. Red Wing is there because it's on the city. Minneapolis and St. Paul are there because of the city. Prescott is there because of the St. Croix and the Mississippi and the city. The Nile was life to them. It flooded in the spring. It gave them their crops. It gave them their food. It was life to him. The first thing he did. And the God was, the, the Nile was a God to them. It was four gods. There was, a, it was a, the goddess of the Nile, the god of the Nile, the guardian of the Nile, and then the Nile itself was seen as a god. So the first thing God did when he said, I'm going to send the plagues, first thing he did is, by the way, here's your four primary gods, and he wiped them out. The first thing he did was saying, look at your, look at, look at your gods, look who you're spending your time on, and he wiped them out. The second, second plague, it's my personal favorite, the frogs. I said, God said it has a sense of humor. He plagues them with frogs. The frogs were sacred. They were seen as sacred. They represented fertility to them, children, production, growth, and so on. So he sent in so many of this God that they were everywhere and they were a nuisance. And not only, previously they couldn't touch them. They were sacred. Now they're trying to get them out of the bread box. Now they're everywhere, and there are piles of them, and they stink, and there's a stench. Now, how do you look at your God now? He's piled up everywhere. He's, he's in your pillow. He stinks. God had a purpose for these plagues. The gnats. A gnat was seen as the god of the desert. Pesky little things. Uh, Pharaoh often went to his magicians. They weren't really like the magicians that we know of today. They were powerful, they were spiritual and, and informative. He would go to them to explain, to try to understand these plagues. Why is this happening? Even though God told them, this is what I'm going to do. Well, when it came to this one, the magicians just said, this is the finger of God. Not something they could duplicate, it's not something they could explain. The fourth one was the flies. That's when Pharaoh sent people to Israel to check it out and found out they don't have this problem. This plague doesn't affect them at all. It's only Egypt and it's not Israel. It's on the world. The world has problems. The world is getting ulcers. The world is getting stressed over things we don't need to get stressed over. We don't need to. Uh, Karen recently, this is fascinating, Karen's dentist, our dentist, she's very studious. She's just brilliant. And in, she continues to study and she said, right now, in the last year, there is such a huge increase in people getting stress cracks in their teeth. Was it like 60% increase, I think, of people getting stress cracks in their teeth just this year from people clenching their jaws? People are stressed. People are uptight. People are listening to Pharaoh. We need to listen to Moses. We need to listen to the Word. We need to listen to God. 
He's saying, this is going to pass. This horrible stuff is happening because I'm driving you someplace better. I'm going to drive you out. He says, Pharaoh will drive you out with his mighty hand. And he says, you won't leave empty-handed. A couple more plagues, I won't go through them all. All their livestock are dying. All these horrible things are happening. Comes down to the seventh one, kind of, the knock, kind of a knockout punch. God warned Pharaoh. The other ones, boom. God warned Pharaoh. He said, look, I'm going to send hailstones like you've never seen before. He told this to Egypt as well as Israel. He let them know, okay, here comes a big one. I'm sending hailstones. If you listen to me, if you believe me, bring your livestock Bring your slaves or servants, depending on your translation or where you are and being political, politically correct. <laughs> Bring them inside and they'll be spared. Leave them outside and they're all going to die. And some of Egypt brought them in. They began to listen. Israel brought them in. They were spared. God warned them this time. He gave them a chance. That's grace. The grace of God. He didn't just say, okay, Israel, they're my people. I like these. Egypt, they haven't listened. I'm done with them. He still said, would you listen? He's given them the grace. He's given them the chance. We have, we have grace. They have grace. We need to have grace for them. God warned them. He displayed his grace. And in Exodus 9.20, it says that you would see there is none like me. They're gods, the gods of this world, whether it be money, status, or Mother Earth and the trees and all the different things people are, are really seeing as, as gods. God is saying there's, there's none like me. I've raised you up for a purpose. I've raised you up for a purpose that he'd be seen in you. He's raised me up for a purpose so we could remind those around us of, our, of his purpose, our purpose. In the hail, when he sent that hail and it did what it was supposed to do, it says there was fire with it that was consuming. So there's all this destruction, their crops, their gardens, their fields. The next plague, I think this is, this is interesting, the eighth, plague was the locust, the locust, consuming locust. Ooh, those things are ugly. The locust came in and any crops that were left, anything that remained of the har harvest was eaten by the locust. This is their food. This plague says, you're not gonna have a harvest this year, which means you're not gonna eat this year, which means you don't have seeds to plant to eat next year. You're gonna be dependent on something. Who is like the Lord? He's saying, I'm, I'm the one. You've got all these gods that I've just made nothing of. But I have a purpose. The ninth one, darkness. Darkness for three days. Whenever I see three days, I think of Jesus in the tomb. Darkness for three days. No power for three days. Israel was in the light. Israel didn't have these plagues. We have the light. We have Jesus. When the world is in the darkness, when the world is stressed, we have the light.
Pharaoh started with, who is the Lord that I should obey? And Pharaoh says, watch this. Pharaoh said, here, hold my coffee. <laughs> and he did this. He showed these things, these plagues. That's who the Lord is. Pharaoh says, get back to work. God says, come to the mountain, come to worship. It's about our priorities. We can settle into the mindset of, mindset of Egypt where we're just about our work and income, and those things are good. We have to be responsible. We have to be committed. But it's not our primary purpose. The enemy is after your purpose. He's not trying to take it away from you. He's just trying to change it. He's just trying to distract us. We need to be about our purpose. We need to be focused. So it's decision time. Have you settled into Egypt? Are you about God's purpose? Do you know God's purpose? We need to read the word. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. Do we respond? Do we listen? Is it just up here where we know it or are we doing something? Are we, are we living it? What is, what is our focus? I'm gonna jump into another story for a second. When when uh, Lazarus died and they called for Jesus and Jesus came and he spoke to Martha. Mary stayed inside because she's mad. And Martha, Martha said, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. If you'd have come, he would have lived. Jesus said, he will be raised again. Your brother will be raised again. Jesus loved Lazarus. They were friends. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, brothers and sisters, brother and sisters, they were friends. Jesus was close to him. Jesus said, he'll be raised again. And Martha, you could tell she listened to Jesus. She believed Jesus because she said, I know in the, in the resurrection he's going to be raised again. That's some good theology. She, she understood, yeah, I know when the resurrection comes, he'll be raised again, but still, he died. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, wait a minute, this isn't all about eternal life and afterlife. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. It's right here. And here's the crucial part. This is the part that when I read it, because this, this message was to me. I'm sharing with you something the Lord's been doing to me. But when I read it, he looked Martha in the eye and he said, do you believe me? He asks a question. He demands a response. We need to answer. He's saying, do you believe me? And Martha didn't <laughs> shrug her shoulders. She said, yes. I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus asks us that question. I know this is far from a typical Christmas type message, but this is who God is, who he was, who he will be. You can go back to the Garden of Eden, and it was about the place. And when you think of what went wrong in the Garden of Eden, we all think, she took the fruit. He also did. But God started that with, here's this garden. Here's paradise. Here's everything you need. It's spectacular. But there's a tree in the center. He didn't just say, don't eat of it. He said, don't go near it. 
We can't go near it. It was about the place. And then they went near it, and they heard a voice, and they listened, and they fell, and they compromised, and they became Egypt-minded. Now we're looking at God's people, Israel and Egypt, and it's about the people, and he made a distinction. This place was different, now he's got these people. These people are different, and he's to be seen in them. They're in the light when the others are in the grave for three days. They don't have the frogs in their pillowcases. It was about the people. Where this kind of converts to a, Christian message, to a Christmas message, if I try real hard, is step, the third step from the place to the people to you, it's personal. He gave us, he gave us Jesus. After these plagues and driving them out, and they did, spoiler alert, they did get out. After all that, and they're driven out, and they're in the wilderness, and they still, still failed to believe, and there was a generation that didn't make it, and you know the details, and I don't wanna spend too much time on too much, too many things. But he gave us Jesus. Now it's personal. Now it's not, are you of Egypt? Are you of Israel? Are you of Jesus? Is that our priority? What is, what's on our mind when we talk to our neighbor? Are we gonna say, you know, I, I, I need you to quit mowing the lawn counterclockwise and blowing your grass clippings into my yard? We, that's not what we need to be about. It does bug me. <laughs> That's why that came to mind. Actually, one of my neighbors that bugs me, the other one's got the most incredible lawn. And yeah, you blow that up, we'll, I'll take the nitrogen, go ahead. But that can't be our focus. What are, what are we about? What's our purpose? He's raised you up with a purpose. There's God's purpose. The enemy is trying to, to change that. We need to be about his purpose. You know, at one point the Egyptians were saying to Israel, You've got to go. I love this. Egypt is, the Egyptians are telling Israel, if you don't go, we will all die. <laughs> you know, these plagues are not going to stop. This, is, this has got to stop. You have to go. You have to go worship. God requires a response. When, when Jesus was facing Martha with that question, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, will never die. Do you believe this? Martha's response, I believe you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. So who's driving us? Is it Pharaoh driving us out? Or are we going toward God's purpose? God requires that response. Are you about his purposes? That's, that's my goal. For 22, for 2022, I'm not huge on resolutions. I always like to have something I'm going going to improve on, something I'm going to try to do more of, do less of, be better at. I want to know God better. He gave us Jesus this season. He said, "Look, it's not about the place or the people anymore. It's personal. It's about you." There, there was a point where Jesus, speaking to the Jews, and he, when he came to the point where he, 
He was doing miracles, and they're believing it, and they're saying, wow, and they're listening. But when he said, he who has seen me has seen the Father, they picked up stones, and they were going to stone him. They didn't believe he was the Son. They didn't believe anybody should say such a thing. The, Jesus said, if you don't believe what I say, believe what I do. Look what I'm doing. Look at the power I'm showing. He's demonstrated his power. He's showing that he's doing what he's doing. We need to be about that. That's what our purpose is. God requires a response. Jesus requires a response. Are we about his purposes? We may have doubts, we may have questions. Moses had his doubts. The whole thing about them being Israel, this is amazing, the whole thing about Israel being Israel, God told Moses about, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you remember the story? Jacob, you'll no longer be called Jacob, you'll be called Israel. He's saying, I'm the God of you. Jacob, Israel, his 12 sons, Joseph, remember the story of Joseph and the coat and the brothers were jealous and they throw him in a pit and they're gonna kill him. Instead, they sold him as a slave. Sounds pretty horrible. Slave to who? He ends up in Egypt. He ends up a servant to Pharaoh. For this purpose, I've raised you up. It might look like you're being abducted. It might look like you're being thrown in a pit. It might look like your brothers want you dead. Joseph had enemies, Joseph made mistakes. Moses had enemies, he had death threats, Moses made mistakes. But there's a purpose I've raised you up for, keep going. Joseph kept going, ends up bringing his brothers all over there, the whole family, because there was the, the famine. He ends up, who they all come to, I think there was about 70 of them all together that come to Egypt. But they're called Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God of Israel, he's the Lord. And we say, who is the Lord that I should listen to him? You look at what he's done and how faithful he is and he got them through that and he raised them up to where there was, there was two and a half million people. They started out really well paid. They were, they were, um, they were so respected, Joseph and his brothers. They were given land, they were prosperous. But over those years and generations, they got to thinking like Egypt. They went from really well paid to paid to servants to slaves. They were slaves. It changed that much because, because of their focus. And God is saying, remember who I am. There's a purpose I've raised you up for. We are not Egypt. We're not just citizens. We're the children of God. We have the promise. We have the hope. God is faithful. He has never failed. He doesn't know how to do that. God is faithful. Your purpose is to see who he is now. See who he is. To know him better. To grow closer. Let that be your, your, your ambition for 2022. To grow closer. To know him better. The word says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death and destruction. It can seem right to, to commit to your, your career and your income, and it is right. That's, that's not wrong, but it's not your purpose. Your purpose is to know the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. To know it, to tell your children, 
to tell your grandchildren. That's, that's our purpose. That's what we need to do. God gave the garden. He, he knew our tendencies. He made his people. He knew their tendencies. He gave us Jesus. That's our opportunity. I want to close in prayer, but that's the one thing I want to re re leave you with. Your purpose, what he's called us for, what he's called you to, what he's raised you up for. That verse is written to you. That's the so what? His purpose. Thank you, Jesus. God gave us Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. He's the way maker. He's the door. It's not for the big mass of people. It's more like the turnstile at Menards. One person can get through there at a time. You know, a little thing turns and lets you in. Jesus is the door. He's the way. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word, your promises, your truth, your faithfulness, your consistency. Lord, the way you've, you've done these things and you had them written down for us and you express them to us and when we read them, Lord, we, we feel it, we know they are true. You've given us the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, that we can recognize your voice. Lord, I just thank you for exposing your word to us, for opening us up to, to absorb it, to see it, to implement it, to walk in it. Lord, that you'd be seen, that when the world around us is in darkness, when the world around us is dealing with plagues, we are in the light. When they have no food, when they have no harvest, you've given us a harvest. Father, we thank you for the, the promises, the potential, the hope. God, be glorified in us. Our citizenship is in heaven. Lord, be seen in us. Help us to focus, to be your people in this world. We praise you for it, for being glorified in everything we say and do. Lord, that we would sound like your people that you'd be heard. In Jesus' name, amen.